Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Jacob. And welcome to Rookie Rundown, the sports podcast for the casual fan. This week, it's all things soccer. Jacob's going to talk about the World Cup, and then I'll talk about some big news in the National Women's Soccer League. So, Jacob, go ahead and tell us about the World Cup finale. So, as we discussed, Argentina moved on to the final, and they ended up facing France. And in this game, Argentina ended up defeating France in a penalty shootout to win technically 3-3, to but 4-2 to in penalty kicks. Yes, very exciting. It is worth noting that both teams have previously won the World Cup. It is. And what's interesting about soccer is you'll notice that I said it was 3-3. Three to three. That was the final score, technically. So, like, if you bet on this game, it was technically a draw. But the penalty shootout is what gifted it. So, the course of this game, I mean, it was it was crazy. Argentina was up two goals to none all the way to the 80th minute. Of course, there are 90 minutes total in regulation in soccer. But at that point, they surrendered a penalty kick, and French star Kylian Mbappe scored. And then one minute later, he scored again to tie the game 2-2. Two to two. So at that point, the game it goes through regulation, and then in extra time, Argentina goes up three goals to two. But once again, there was a handball in the Argentinian box. So France received a penalty kick and Mbappe buried that one as well. Now, fast forward through the two 15-minute extra time halves, or periods rather. And at the very end of the second extra time period, uh, one of the French players, Coolio Mani, got a break on goal, but he was unable to finish and the, the Argentinian goalkeeper made a incredible save on him and then it went into penalty kicks and Argentina ended up winning yeah which I was uh team Argentina so me too now Jacob I remember us talking about this before but the way that the time of the game happens is different in the World Cup how so well I was just thinking if you might want to talk about how um extra time works yes so in the knockout stages the game does not just end at 90 minutes, right? It can't end in a tie. So if the game is tied after 90 minutes, then they play two 15-minute extra time periods, and there's no, like, sudden death or golden goal or sudden victory, none of that. You play the full extra 30 minutes no matter what, and that is why when Argentina went up three goals to two, they kept playing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm remembering from the other games that – like the at after ninety minutes, the players like they added more time for however many pauses in the game there were. They do, and that's added time, right? So there's you know, so ex- there's added time and extra time. Yes, and added time is just making up for the natural delays in soccer when there's you know the ball gets kicked out of bounds or their substitution stuff like that, and they make up that time to guarantee that there were actually a full forty five minutes of soccer played instead of just forty five minutes passed. You mean 90? Well, I was thinking it's after each half. Oh, each half they add the time. Yeah. uh Okay. So how much was the added time for this game? I believe it was eight minutes. So I'm thinking they played 90 minutes plus eight. So 98 and then another 30. So 128 minutes. So they were playing for almost two hours straight. Over two hours straight. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. And then there's the immense pressure of a penalty kick and... Fortunately for us, and Argentina, of course, Lionel Messi won his World Cup to 
really cement his status as the greatest soccer player of all time. Not that winning a World Cup affects how good he was in his prime, but it kind of removes the last argument people have for why he wasn't the greatest of all time. Yeah, remembering back to when we were watching this game live, I remember the Argentina players, like instead of jumping around celebrating, a lot of them started crying. Yeah, I mean, it's such a just an overwhelming flood of emotions, you know. Yeah, and it was it was exciting to watch. It was an, an exciting game. It was, and it was even more exciting for uh, Argentinians, or the Argentine population, rather. The World Cup team, they made it back to Argentina, and they were having a victory parade, but the World Cup victory parade through the streets of Buenos Aires had to be cut short, uh, and the team had to be flown away in helicopters because there were too many people in the streets. I believe that. I believe that 100%. There were estimates that there were 4 million people in the streets of Buenos Aires. Well, I could be parade. wrong, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't built for that kind of infrastructure. Oh, definitely not. It's really exciting for Messi, though. Oh, it is. I, I always get him confused with, um, what's that other guy? Cristiano? Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I can never remember which one is like has a reputation of being kind of rude, like a, a douchebag. Um, so I'm excited to find out that Messi is the one that's not rude. Yeah, he's not. So As far as we know. As so far as we to know. To be yeah. fair, we don't know him. We don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's exciting to see people meet their goals. Oh, absolutely. In exciting but less happy news, the National Women's Soccer League in the United States released a, another part of their repo, uh, report on December 14th. So you might remember there's been a lot of controversy about um, sexual assault allegations in the National Women's Soccer League. And so a joint investigation was ordered by the National Women's Soccer League and the National Women's Soccer League Player Association. So they released um, a report in October, and then now they've released this December 14th report. Um, I actually have it pulled up. It, it's 128 pages, and it was done by, like, a independent third party with no skin in the game. They hired um, Covington and Whale, which is, like, a, a company that does, I don't know, what, what's like that word? reviews, audits. Yeah, an independent investigation, essentially. So, what that investigation found can be summarized as widespread misconduct. So, I just want to read um, a pretty long quote straight from the joint investigation report um that kind of it's from the beginning part it kind of just summarizes what they found so jacob are you ready uh, as ready as i'll ever be as detailed below the joint investigative team found widespread misconduct directed at national women's soccer league players some types of misconduct against players, including certain instances of sexual abuse and manipulation, have already been widely reported. Other misconduct, which this report discusses in detail below, have not received as much, if any, public attention. The joint investigative team found, for example, that club staff in positions of power made inappropriate sexual remarks to players, mocked players' bodies, pressured players to lose unhealthy amounts of weight, crossed professional boundaries with players, and created volatile and manipulative working conditions. 
They used derogatory and insulting language towards players, displayed insensitivity toward players' mental health, and engaged in retaliation against players who attempted to report or did report concerns. Misconduct against players has occurred at the vast majority of National Women's Soccer League clubs at various times from the earliest years of the league to the present. Okay, so before I read the next paragraph, Jacob, thoughts? I mean, we already knew that there was an insane amount of just dirt and mess behind the scenes. And I mean, this just brings it all to light. Yeah, here's the second paragraph I wanted to read. The joint investigative team found the underlying culture of the National Women's Soccer League created a fertile ground for misconduct to go unreported. Players were frequently reminded of the fragility and financial instability of the league. From the early days of the league, they were told to be grateful, loyal, and acquiescent, even as they were not afforded the resources or respect due to professional athletes. Players told the joint investigative team that this environment dissuaded them from reporting misconduct. Compounding this effect, the league lacked trainings, policies, and other resources on harassment, abuse, and other forms of misconduct. Players and staff members alike were often unsure of whether behavior rose to the level of misconduct and if they were able to identify behavior as misconduct, where they would even report it. Yikes. Yeah, so like I said, kind of the TLDR is widespread misconduct. The report goes on to mention some specific examples of this. Um, The things that stood out to me, so uh, the National Women's Soccer League teams themselves, um, a large majority of them did not have a human resources department. So um, an article I was reading from The Equalizer about it talked about how um, in October 2020, October 2021, of the 10 teams in the National Women's Soccer League, only three of them had dedicated human resources staff tasked with receiving and investigating misconduct. So, for example, at some of the teams, the CEO and owners handled HR responsibilities, or even in some cases, the CFO. That doesn't seem ideal to me. It's not ideal. It's not ideal at all. So that was at um, that example I gave of October 21, the three of 10 teams. That was with amongst the clubs. So at the National Women's Soccer League, up until 2017, there were five or fewer full-time staff. And there was not a dedicated human resources staff member for players until 2019. Also, yikes. Yeah, so it's not a good look. One of the other things that stood out to me was background checks. So up until August of 2021, background checks for head coaches were, like, not a thing. So this is what allowed – you might remember that um, coach – what was his name? Uh, Riley – do you remember this? Yeah, Paul Riley. Portland, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the one that was accused of um, sexually coercing players and making derogatory comments, etc. Um, so he had an investigation conducted against a, about those allegations um, by the Portland Thorns, and they fired him. But they didn't explain why when they fired him, and he went on to be named the head coach for two other teams after that. And this all came out in 2021. 
So like I said before then, there was no background check, which is why it was possible for a coach who had made those derogatory comments been inappropriate to become a coach of another team. In the same league. In the same league. In a league. league where the league owns and operates everything. Yes. And it was not until September of 2021 that other staff, like assistant coaches, were required to have background checks. And finally, in November of 2021, so just slightly over a year ago, the National Women's Soccer League, um, it, they had a temporary policy that is still in place that they have to approve head coaches, presidents, and general managers, and they do background checks on them. So essentially what this is all getting at is not only is the misconduct happening, but it's not just the, you know, it's not... I mean, it is obviously the staff members who are doing this fault, but it's also a systematic issue between the clubs and the leagues not taking care of players adequately. Oh, absolutely. And it's not like they didn't know about it. They just ignored it and hoped it would go away. Yeah. um, Here's another quote from, like I said, the beginning of that report from the um, the joint investigative team. So this quote says, the league is also part of a soccer ecosystem in which mistreatment of players is endemic, one which affects not only the National Women's Soccer League, but other professional leagues, both domestic and abroad. Misconduct in the league is not wholly, wholly independent from abuse that begins in youth soccer, where many coaches and players' formative experiences shaped the way they engaged in or reacted to misconduct and abuse in the National Women's Soccer League. Moreover, individual acts of misconduct in the league cannot be addressed without considering the failures in institutional structures, policies, and procedures at U.S. Soccer, the league, and individual clubs that have allowed misconduct to persist. While the league itself cannot dictate changes to settings outside its purview, such as youth soccer or other leagues, it can implement reforms to the policies and practices within its control, which will in turn allow the league to serve as a standard bearer and blueprint for other institutions. I would not use the NWSL as a standard bearer for anything. No. So if you have an interest in this, I would strongly recommend... You know, you don't have to read all 128 pages, but I would strongly recommend at least reading over kind of the beginning intro part, some strong language is used. And I, for one, think it's exciting that they were so upfront about what they found. I mean, that's their job. That's what they're paid for. But The transparency was needed. Yeah. So just like a specific um, example of something that came out of this. So uh, I'm going to say this name wrong. Alice um, LaHue. You think it's Alice? It's spelled A-L-Y-S-E. So you, dear listener, you can tell us. Whatever. LaHue, um, who was a vice president and general manager at Sky Blue Football Club, now called New Jersey, New York Gotham Football Ch- Club. Um, so here's what happened. I Have you ever heard of this LaHue? No, I have okay. no, no background. So what happened is Hugh allegedly made advances toward a player. But in July of 2021, when she was fired, almost no information was provided. Um, All that the club put out was that there was an investigation and she was let go. So it didn't say that 
you know, it was anything related to sexual harassment. So in the joint investigative team report, um, they talked about that specific thing because they were talking about how players don't like that when coaches depart or other staff, they make these vague public statements. Um, they want them to be more specific. And what they also talk about in the um, report is that there were more details about the misconduct. So to quoting the report here, LeHue, quote, was sending the player inappropriate text messages that continued even after the player told LeHue to accept that they were working together and nothing more. LeHue expressed an emotional reliance on the player, repeatedly questioned the player's interactions with another individual, and pressed the player for more attention. That is just, that's like ultimate creep. That's total creep behavior. Yes, and once again, when this came out in the news, you know, they kept it like they didn't tell anyone what the real reason was. And it's it's just like, yes, I get that, you know, you want to respect people's privacy, but also you're not, that's not why they're doing it. They're doing it to protect their reputation, but that would, that allows coaches and, you know, staff members when this happens to go on and have careers in other leagues or clubs when they have no business doing so exactly so I'm, I'm just sharing that example just to show like just to show like how important it is that we do something about this misconduct and like they said like create some kind of standard to protect all players because they're right. I mean, if the National Women's Soccer League actually does something, it will encourage other leagues and clubs to do something too. Like, they're the highest ranked women's soccer league in the United States. Well, probably only. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But still, it's like, it's frustrating that this happened. It's exciting that we're talking about it. It's just, it's just a mixed bag. Oh, I mean, absolutely. What are your thoughts, Jacob? I I think that it's just a systemic thing, right? We talk about the financial fragility. I think there's a lot of, of guilt and gaslighting that goes with that, right? You don't want to bring anything bad to the name. We're trying to establish a brand. We can't have this brand be ruined. But meanwhile, the brand is causing itself all the problems and then making them worse by trying to cover it up, which in turn just brings additional bad headlines. If they got out in front of it, and it just said, like, look, this happened, and we're taking steps to address it. That would have done way more for their credibility than this. It's also crazy because I'm thinking, like, okay, I've worked some jobs at, like, small companies, and they still had a clear policy and procedures. And a human resources department. And a human department. resources department. I have worked at small companies and small programs, and they still have policies in place. Like, for example, non, like... I'm going to quote the Equalizer article I read about this issue. Non-fraternizing policies, like, are pretty standard. Very standard. Like, that's just basic professionalism not to, like, try and have a relationship with your boss. And if you're, or for a boss or a to boss, have a ex- relationship with a subordinate. Exactly. Like, I, like, this is just kind of basic stuff, you know? So, anyway... It's Bush League. That's what it is. This is all Bush League. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to continue to hear about it. I hope that we do. I hope it stays in the news, and I hope something actually happens. 
Um, and like I said, I just really encourage you if it's something that you're even semi interested in, just read the report. You can find a PDF of it and you'll probably be just, well, I hope you'll be just as shocked and disgusted as I was. Well, I don't think we can really go to a final play this week after this conversation. So for the final play, uh, we encourage you to do some just general investigation into this particular culture of, of harassment and sexual misconduct and do your best to spread awareness because it is systemic and it is not just in national women's soccer. It goes all the way down to youth soccer and to other women's sports as well. And not even just women's sports. Check in with the athletes in your life. Make sure that they're okay. They're not, they're not being mistreated by a coach or an institution. Yes, absolutely. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Boxing Day. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Hopefully we'll get back to you next Tuesday. Wednesday, actually. And thank you for listening. Yeah, and don't forget to keep sports simple, stupid. <laughs>